I, I always say, I'm like, look, life is going to show you like the path that you're supposed to be on, whether you choose to walk it or whether it hits you in the face, like you're going to get there, if, yeah. you know, and that's both something to trust in, um, and something to be kind of scared of. So I'm so glad that you like made that position or made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, what I want and what my gut says. Cause I did not listen to my gut. So when I was applying for those jobs that everybody was saying, no, I sort of like, I, I acted out, out of desperation. I was like, okay, I need a job. So I started applying for chemistry jobs, which was like my second option. I was like, okay, if I can, if I can't find a job with anything else, like I can get a job in chemistry. That's how I got the job as a research and development chemist again. Ooh, Alex sounds very cool. It was very cool for somebody else. Like, you know, so I got that job, got a salary, got a nice apartment in Columbia, like right next to my work, like apartment complex, new paint, the whole like young professional scene. Like I got the clothes from Loft. My apartment was cute and I had a plant in it from Target. I had a cushy job. I had a little cubicle. Like I, I was like, okay, great. Like we're doing it all right. And when anybody would ask, like my parents or my grandparents, hey, like what's Sarah doing after graduation? Oh, she's going to work as a research and development chemist at a pharmaceutical company. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. She's so smart. You must be so proud. So once again, I had people affirming where I was very kind but that kept me on that path. Well, to kind of wrap that story, that was six months of, of the darkest of my life that I've ever been in, not to the fault of the pharmaceutical company, um, but because that was not where I was meant to be. Hi, friends. It's Kayla Moran, and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time you're listening. I'm so happy to be back on the mic. I took a unintentional week hiatus, but it was definitely needed for my mental health. I was just very, very overwhelmed last week, and one week won't hurt. But I have an exciting episode for you guys today with none other than Sarah Boss. And if you don't know who she is, you definitely need to check her out. And I'll tell you a little bit about her later on in this intro before I introduce the episode. But I wanted to give you guys a little life update since I was gone last week. Um, yeah, so the bar exam's in less than a month and it's just a lot. I had therapy this morning and, you know, she always asks how I'm doing. And in reality, I'm doing okay nothing is going wrong in my life right now. I'm just very overwhelmed because it's a lot of material that I have to process and there's distinctions and they're sometimes super tiny and it's just a lot of information, but I got this. I know that I got this and the imposter syndrome is rearing its ugly head and like I feel like I'm not doing as much as I should be or other people that I'm seeing do more, that kind of thing, but I know that I just need to do what's right for me, focus on me. I need to make sure I'm getting rest so my brain is really, um, what's the word, like compartmentalizing and ciphering all the information and I'm actually learning and processing it. So I know for me particularly rest is really important instead of going longer days and not really productively learning the information. So I've been doing about eight hour days and you know, some people do more, some people do less, but I think I just need to focus on me and that's what I'm trying to tell myself, but I am overwhelmed because I know, like I said, I could be doing more and I want to be doing more, 
but my mental health has just not been there. And last week I had to take that break for myself and I also got on anti-anxiety medication and I've been very vocal on here that I don't really like being on medication. That's just a personal choice for me. I don't want to be on medication because I want to learn how to manage it on my own, but I had to recognize that I needed some help and my therapist told me that today as well because I'm still struggling to get all of the tips and tricks and resources and help that I can um, because I just I don't like being dependent on anything and I don't like using outside things I like being able to do it on my own but I know that I just had to get on anti-anxiety medication during this period because it's constantly non-stop day in and day out just lots of information lots of things being thrown at me and it can really easily, my, my brain can just take off on its own and keep thinking about it when I need to be productively resting. So it will help me get better sleep. And I just need to also take CBD and melatonin to help me with my insomnia. And I've been really lucky that I have found a product that works for me. Um, Highline Wellness, I do have a code. I will link it in the show notes. It's Kayla15. And I absolutely love Highline Wellness. Their CBD and melatonin oil at night and their CBD oil during the day has been really helpful, but definitely did need that extra anti-anxiety medication boost as well. But I don't take it on the weekends and it's a really, really low dosage. And I just wanted to give you guys that life update. I don't want to tell you guys what medication it is and I don't want to promote it, but I want to be as candid as possible with you guys, especially during this serious time, because I know you guys are following along on my journey and it means so much to me that you're so interested. And thank you so much for all of the well wishes and the good luck and the kind words in my DMs the last couple of weeks. I have officially logged off of the internet for the next month, but it really did mean a lot to see the ones come in as they did. And what else is going on this week? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just studying for the bar exam. I wish I could tell you there was more going on, but unfortunately, not so much. But I know that in a month, this whole process will be over. I will have done it. I will have completed the entire process to become a lawyer. And I'm going on my trip. I'm going on a trip to Europe for three weeks. And that is truly at this point what is getting me through. And I can't wait to be in Europe and I can't wait to bring you guys all along with me and I will be doing my intros live from Europe on my phone so keep that in mind for the future but it'll be really fun to give you guys live updates of my travels and what's going on. Having been going to FIU Law Library has been truly truly important for me and helpful for me in studying just to not feel like I'm alone and I'm so isolated from the world and also seeing other people going through the process with me and we're giving each other encouragement or we're making each other take breaks um that has been really nice so I'm glad I made that decision to start going to the FIU law library it's been a couple of weeks now that I've been doing that and it's just it's been really nice and I did a practice test of day two of the exam. For those of you who don't know, the bar exam is in Florida. At least it's two days. The first day is Florida specific. And the second day is the multi-state exam, which everyone in the country but Louisiana takes because Louisiana is a civil law country, whereas the rest of the country is common law. And I don't know if you guys care to know that, but fun fact. 
Um, so I did a practice test of the multi-state exam and I am right in the range of where I need to be going into the exam at this point in the exam. But then since I've now been learning the Florida materials for day one, I'm not scoring so well on the day two materials that I'm doing. I haven't done a whole practice test again. I'm just doing practice questions, but so that's a little concerning, but I know that after this weekend that I take a couple of days or not a couple of days, a day and a half off to really reset, I will jump back in with more excitement and energy to just cram this, crank it out and get this exam done. So I wanted to give you guys that little update as well on how substantively the bar prep process is going. But yeah, I can't believe that it's basically July and that this is almost here. It feels like it's so far away, but in reality it's not. And that's a little bit of a concerning thought at this point in the process, but you know, it'll all be worth it. And my diploma is coming in the mail. My diploma should be here sometime next week. And I won't post it on Instagram right when I get it, but I'm really excited to get my diploma. It still hasn't really hit me that I graduated from law school. And sometimes I like have to pinch myself that I did and that I deserve to be in the position that I am. And I know people post that on Instagram that every opportunity that you have right now is for a reason and you deserve the opportunities that are given to you. And I know that that's true. And I know that I put in a lot of work in law school and I deserve to be here. And it's a privilege to be going through this bar prep process. It truly, truly is. But sometimes it just doesn't feel like I deserve it. So I'm hoping getting that diploma in the mail will truly, it'll sink in that I deserve it because sometimes I just, I have to remind myself of that and remind myself that I made this sacrifice and I invested this in myself and it'll all be worth it. But speaking of investing in yourself and it'll all be worth it, this week's guest is Sarah Boss, who is, she went viral on TikTok, you guys, like viral out of nowhere a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like a month and a half ago already. And she has blown up with her, like, um, her home videos and like, you know, detergent, making like organic, clean, natural detergent is what made her go viral. And she's kind of stuck with that. And she also has her own podcast, Attainable Podcast, which I was a guest on a couple of months ago. I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. And she runs her own business. And she also just recently started a job with a media company. And she actually went to college for something completely different. And she talks all about realizing that what she went to college for and what she wants to do with her life don't have to be the same thing and that it's okay to walk away from a degree and from a career that wasn't serving her and how important that is to know that that's an option for you and that just because you went to college doesn't mean everything. Going to college is not everything, although it is important for some careers and some some people but it's not for everyone and it's okay if it's not for you. It's also okay if what you get your degree in isn't what you end up doing afterwards. And we talk all about that and it's such a beautiful, heartwarming, special conversation. I'm really, really glad that Sarah and I got to have this conversation, especially before she blew up on TikTok, because if I talk to her now, so much would be different. But I do want to do a part two in the future and we can talk all about how she went viral and tips for maintaining 
success and consistency after you go viral because it's not just about going viral it's about maintaining it and creating a community for your audience and providing them value so we would definitely have to have a part two and i hope to do so later this year but for now i'm really excited for this conversation about career and reflection on personal goals and yourself and what you want out of life and it's truly an incredible conversation and it's so important also for people at our age group in our mid to early to mid 20s you know that we're just figuring out our lives and even for me and I think I say it in this episode I'm I went to law school and I'm going through the process of getting my license and I'm going to be practicing law for the foreseeable future but I don't know if that's going to be forever I don't know if I want to do that for the rest of my life but having the opportunity to go to law school and get this degree get this license will give me opportunities and I think that's a better mindset to look at it than it's just something to have in your back pocket it's a good safety net but it doesn't mean you have to do what you went to school for I don't have to be just a lawyer I can do so much more with my law degree and so much more with my life and having a law degree will only help me having my license will only help me and I think it's a really good mindset shift that we can all benefit from in this day and age and especially at this time in our lives if you are in your mid to early 20s even I think even early 30s and mid 30s I think any young adult figuring out their life can benefit from this conversation so I'm really really excited to share this with you and without further ado meet Sarah I am so excited to have you on. I was a guest on your podcast and now you get to be a guest on mine, which I can't wait. And Sarah, what is something that people wouldn't know about you from following you? Um, well, one, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to do a podcast swap. This is so fun. Uh, something that they wouldn't know about me uh, from following me. Oh gosh. I think that I'm pretty open about all the careers that I've had, but they probably can't put together how that actually happened. You either know about my chemistry background. You might know about me working for Estee Lauder, but a lot of people don't know like the whole thing. So that might be one. Um, another is that I'm a Charleston native. A lot of, apparently when people, I've like been meeting people in Charleston, And when they ask where I'm from and I'm like here, they're like, oh my gosh, like you're a rare breed. I was like, I did not know that. (laughs) I feel like we're all over the place, but that's, that's another one. Um, But I'm a pretty open book online, probably an oversharer considering (laughs) my Brazilian wax TikTok. I got some comments on that one from my personal life. That's so funny. I need to go watch it. Yeah. I, I, I made (laughs) a couple, like it was my first Brazilian wax and like, it was a whole thing. And I was rich, but then, oh man, (laughs) oh man. Now I'm getting my third one tomorrow. So like, I wasn't scared away. And I found out the second time I was like, oh, this is nothing like the first time. But I honestly was not adequately prepared for the first time. I underestimated that pain, but then I got through it. So it's fine. But yeah, there isn't much I don't share online. Cool. Well, I'm going to, we're going to dive in to this nonlinear story of yours and how you went from a chem major to what you're doing now, hosting a podcast and working in digital creation and social media. But I did not know you were 
from Charleston. I don't know if I even knew that that's where you lived, but that's so cool. I've never been. I'm dying to go. Oh, it's fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous. Mm -hmm. I really do love it here. I didn't think I would be coming here after college, which I'll get into that, but the way it worked out, like I'm glad I did. I mean, that's how I feel about Miami. I thought I was leaving Miami at 17 and never going back. And now I'm like, I can't Mm -hmm. run home fast enough. Like fast enough. I got, um, like an email from Allegiant today, 10 days till your flight. I was like, hallelujah. Like I can't. Oh, oh, the Allegiant flights out of Florida, in and out of Florida are my, I like, hate I Allegiant. I hate Allegiant so much. But they're, but like, they're the worst, but, but for they're this. so cheap. Spirit and Allegiant are, yeah. are my, like my homies when it comes Spirit. to flying. I've never the, flown It's Spirit. bad. It's, so it's bad. It's bad. bad. I was bad, on a I Spirit. Fly, I don't want to fly Spirit, but it's funny. I, I used to do, I've only done waxing a few times. Cause then I switched over to laser in high school and I've never looked back and that, that hurts like a, <laughs> so bad too, but I do Brazilian laser. So I, I, but, and I did Brazilian waxes and I understand the pain. That's so I might funny. need to look at like economically if laser is the move, because at this point I'm like, okay, pain aside, like we've already gotten through that pain. Like what else could there be? I Please don't tell me it hurts. Laser. So laser feels like when, you know, like you snap a rubber band, like that's kind yeah. of how it feels. It's like a sting and certain areas sting more than others, but and it probably takes longer. It's, it takes less time because oh. it, it takes, no, it takes less time because you shave before. Now we're just going into this topic, but yeah, this shave. whole, we're just really diving in. So happy hour guys. Welcome to happy hour. That's the whole yeah. point of let's get candid, you know, so you shave before. So it's like, it's quick because they just do it in like certain areas over time. So you do multiple sessions. And I think it is economically more affordable because over time, you just have to go every couple months to get a touch up once you've done your initial six to eight to 12 sessions, depending on what package you do. It's not like you have to go every month. Yeah. Cause right now, like, I mean, with tip, it's like 60 or $70 every time I visit this woman. And I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm going to tip you good because you're in an area, but like this is expensive. The only thing with laser is it, it initially is more expensive, but then it, it ends up being more cost effective, yeah. but you are very fair skin and light hair. So I don't know if it'll pick up because lasers. Oh, yeah, I know. So you have to, I've read about, you have to, you have to look, I mean, it depends. Like if like, for example, like I'm a blonde, so my legs, I can't laser my legs because they're too light, but I can laser like bikini and underarms. So it it might, might be able to work depends on like, you have to go talk to them and like, they'll tell you because there's different types of lasers and they're getting more advanced with pigment, but it is pigment based. So like, it might not even Mm. be an option for you, but I think if it is an option, financially and like go that way yeah I think go laser it's so much better and it's quick like I literally the amount of time it takes me to drive there is fast is longer than the actual appointment itself half the time because it's like five minutes I mean I've been doing it since high school so now it's just touch-ups every once in a while but still like it's literally like she'll she'll be like put on the glasses I put them on and she's like all right like all right, you're done. And I'm like, I literally just lifted my arm. Like, what do you mean? I'm literally just, done. Like, I've, I haven't I didn't even have been time here yet. Like, give me a glass of water or something. Yeah, I didn't even have time to, pre- like, not that I need to mention, pre- but bikini, I still, like, some areas I do, but, like, armpits, I'm like, all right, let's go. And she's like, you're done. Let's go. Like, I'll see, like, make your next appointment. I'm like, wait, all right. Is it, like, totally smooth? Yeah. See, that's the thing, like, with, like, Brazilian, when before, it took me years to actually, like, go get a Brazilian we're really diving into the subject, but I was like, there's no way, like, I don't, I did not expect how smooth things were 
are going to be. After that, being somebody who has shaved for a very, very long time. And I was like, why would, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? This is a whole new world. It's a whole new me, a whole new feeling that I did not think was possible. So that's what I've always been wondering, like with laser, like, is it as smooth as like fresh off the table? (laughs) So it'll never be as smooth as a wax, but it definitely is smooth and like you only have to shave like I only shave my armpits now like once a month like I don't need to because it's very little bit and it's so fine that you can't even tell so unless I'm like if I'm like wearing like a short sleeve like my arms are out then yes but like most of the time I won't like we're really diving into this sorry guys um but same with bikini like I'll shave like so you don't laser in the summer because of the sun so I shave more often in the summer but in the winter I I'll shave like once a month too because I don't need to um in reality so yeah well anyway so we could talk a lot about about that maybe one day I'll have an esthetician on to talk all about laser versus waxing because I actually think that's a really interesting topic and I think oh, a lot bro, of bring me on because I got so many questions I will we can just like tag <laughs> team and I will yeah. ask all the questions that would, be, that would be fun I think I actually know a couple people but yeah so I want to dive into your story because it's quite an interesting journey how you went from chem to what you're doing now so for those who don't know you, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you were a chemistry major. Yeah. So to give um, everybody listening who doesn't know me like kind of a perspective, I'm a content creator, a social media manager. I've got several clients. Um, a lot of times I like to explain what that means because that can be very vague. Um, what that means is I have clients and I create content for them trying to move into being a UCG, US, no, user UGC. I never get that right. UGC content creator. Um, Anything that involves content, that's kind of where I'm at. I do freelance work. So I do work for myself and my own business. um, And it's all under the umbrella of Sunday Creative Studios, which is my, what I name my business, even though at the moment it's just me and like one assistant, but that's what I do now. I also have a podcast called Attainable Podcast. That's where I overshare the most. And I live in Charleston, South Carolina with my fiance, Joseph. That's the little synopsis of of where I am now. Very different from where I was even about three years ago. So I have a bachelor's of science degree in chemistry, um, which is, ooh, ah, like it's everybody's like, wow. Um, which is exactly why I kind of stayed in it. Uh, so let's get into like why I actually got that degree that I'm so very clearly not using um, <laughs> and so very clearly never want to. So when I was in school, like all the way back in middle school and high school, um, at least for my public school experience, did you guys, did you go through like classes that were called like GATE or GT or honors or anything like that? I was a gifted student, so I don't know if that's what you mean. Okay, yeah. So GATE or GT in South Carolina, depending on where you are, that's what they call it, for gifted and talented. And so I was in that program. And now like listening to that and hearing that wording used on kids, especially thinking the kids that were not in the quote gifted and talented classes, I'm like, that's disgusting. But I was on that track. And so when as when I was growing up, STEM, and I think still now, maybe a little bit, it may be a little bit different, but uh, STEM was a huge push in the education system. And so if you were a gifted and talented 
honors, whatever you want to call it, student, that's where they kind of put you. Public education has a very great way of putting people on assembly lines, uh, both for good and for bad. And I was put on the assembly line for STEM um, and specifically medicine. So all my friends were going into this medical program. So, so did I. I did a four-year medical program all through high school, got a certificate. I entered at hospitals, like the whole nine yards. And at that point, um, what I had been taught is that to be successful, you needed a bachelor of science degree. You needed to get into science, uh, usually medicine. And that's really how you're going to be successful at all in life. And since I was a gifted and talented student, I had no choice in my head. Of course, that's what we were taught. Like there was no option other than to be gifted and talented and successful and like whatever that means. When I graduated high school, I really didn't know anything else. I looked at my classes. I was really good at physics. So I was supposed to go into a physics major. I ended up going into chemistry because my school that I went to, Columbia College, go koalas, like literally love my school, but we were very small and we were even smaller back then. Uh, so they didn't even, they don't, I don't think they still do. They didn't have a physics program. So I went into chemistry because it was like next best thing. Still not knowing what I wanted to do. Well, the summer before I actually went to college, I um, I had gotten into makeup all through high school, just kind of as a creative thing. And this is when YouTube was like really kicking and like Jaclyn Hill, Lauren Curtis, like all of those were really oh, that's momentum. a throwback, Lauren Curtis. That's a Lauren throwback. Curtis. Oh, it is a throwback. Lauren Curtis, it's like my gateway drug. Lauren Curtis was my gateway YouTube or, you know, like she's who started it all. So I will. I keep like, hearing Bethany Moda, but like that. Oh and, my God. But Bethany like, Moda. I never watched her. Cause she, like, I was older by the time. Like, you yeah, know, I was like, she was a little bit young for me. Yeah. So I watched Jacqueline Hill and Sona Gasparian and, um, Desi Perkins, like that generation. Desi Perkins. Oh gosh. Oh, and there was another one. I can't remember her name right now, but yes. So these like gateway YouTubers, these makeup YouTubers who totally like, I feel like changed everything for our whole generation. And so when I watched these tutorials and I really got into makeup, I started figuring out like there was like careers in makeup. And so the summer before I left for college, now granted, understand like I've graduated. My parents are like, woohoo, she's amazing. And then I, I was in the top 10% of my class and she's heading to college and she's getting a science degree and she's doing great and blah, blah, blah. So everybody around me is like, she's doing amazing and you know, whatever. And then I went to my parents and I was like, hey parents, I really love makeup. So I think I want to get a business degree and God love my parents. Okay. I love them so much. And I totally understand where they were coming from. And I'm not even sure that I would change their decision at this point but they were like hey kid um so all the way up to now you wanted to be an interventional radiologist and you've been on this whole like medical track for like a quite of a long time and um this is a really spur of the moment decision and maybe let's not what if we just didn't <laughs> and I was like hmm um upset but their point was there's like, okay, you know, you can do like business with a chemistry degree, but you can't do chemistry with a business degree. And so like, they're like, if you change your mind later, change your mind back, like you want to do something with chemistry, like you can't go back. And I was like, that's logical. That makes sense. Here's a problem. I held on to that saying all four years. I was like, you can't do chemistry with a business degree, but you can do business with the chemistry. Like I kept going. And I, I don't know if I was waiting for myself to change my mind or like what, but all my friends, if you talk to anybody who's in the senior class, because we were that small, if I should have been in chemistry, like they all knew I shouldn't be there. I was good at it, but just because you're good at something does not mean you need to do it. 
Oh my God. Yes. And I learned that the hard way. I also, you know, later kind of looking back the reason I know the reason I stayed in that major was because everybody else was saying how cool it was, how great it was. You know, when I was in the gifted and talented classes, like from a young age, I had adults saying, you're gifted, you're talented, you're honors, you're going to be great. You're successful. This is what you're doing. This is awesome. So when everybody, like when I talk to anybody and they were like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a chemistry major. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You must be so smart. And I'm thinking, okay, if everybody's saying I'm so cool and I'm so smart, I must be cool and smart and I must be on the right track because somebody else said I was. Not great logic. This is literally like every time I tell someone that I'm a law, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. What kind of law do you want to do? And like, it was the same thing growing up. Like I was gifted. I was you know, did really well in school. I had really good grades on my reading stuff. Math was a whole nother story, but like my readings was good. I was, I loved history. My dad the other day was like, you like amaze you with how much knowledge you have about random like things. Like that's so cool. Like I got, I was told that too, you know, you're gifted, you're smart, you're all these things. You're so talented. You're going to do whatever you want in the world. And then I said, I want to do law. And they're like, all right, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And like, oh my God, you're going to be a lawyer. What do you want to do with your law degree? I'm like, what about what I want? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm good at it, but like, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm good at law school because I'm definitely not, but like I'm good at school, but like <laughs> I don't like it. I don't want to do this. So I think that's so important yeah. that, you know, that was a similar situation for you, a similar path. And I think gifted kids, we get told we are so amazing that when we fail for the first time, when we get to higher education, a lot of times that secondary degree, not even your bachelor's, like we really struggle. And I see that a lot with law school. They literally tell us the first day of school, like you are all the top, whatever percent of your high school class and the top, whatever of your college class, like you're all really, really smart, but here we're going to grade you on a curve. And some of you are going to be at the bottom and the bottom means a two, five, two, six, two, seven. It's not even like it's that bad. You're a C plus, but you're at the bottom and you're not smart yeah. anymore. And like everyone freaks out and it's like, oh, it's a complete identity. Like crisis. yeah, no. And the you, people who, yeah. Oh, I can rant about that for so long. Yeah. No, no, no. I have a special place in my heart. And of course, anybody listening who is like, boohoo, like, oh, you were called smart. Like, absolutely. That's totally valid. You know, like I, I lived a privilege life. And just as I was put on a track for success, there were kids that I know that were put on a track for not success. And thank God for the teacher. My mom's a teacher. So I have a huge, you know, I have this yeah, no, perspective. We can talk about that have... too, the education pipeline to prison. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's awful. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I totally get if people are like, oh no, you were like smart. You're put it like, I totally understand that. But I do have a soft spot in my heart for those like especially like the oldest kids in the family, because that's a whole nother thing. Those who were put on this, you know, like some STEM track, those who were in the honors classes, those who were in the AP classes, those who were, who were in the top, you know, whatever percent, those who had parents that pushed them and drive them absolutely out of love. But then all of this accumulated from a good place, but resulted in a fear of failure, um, a huge burn out. identity burn out problem. So fast burnout like I'm like we're the ones who are keeping the therapist industry going like good god we are funding it so you're welcome to better help anyway but yeah that's just kind of like it's how how my whole life was and so when I was back like to in college like that's why I stayed and because everybody else was saying that it was good so when it came to my senior year I, um, I had worked all through college for Estee Lauder. So my actually my after my freshman year, I got an internship with Belk, which led to a job with Estee Lauder. So I was a traveling makeup artist for Estee Lauder for three years. 
I loved that brand and I just, I adored them. And I thought that I was going to work in corporate and I was kind of like, you know, groomed for that or whatever. Like that's, um, that's probably poor wording, but like, you know, that was where I was going. And so I was like, okay, like I have a chemistry degree. I like makeup. Like what can I do? Okay. Maybe I can make makeup. By the time I got to my senior year, I was like, I don't want anything to do with the lab. Like, I know I don't, I don't like, like, I don't like chemistry. I don't want to be the person piping things out. Like I want to be the one creating ideas. And I remember I kept saying like, I want to create something out of nothing. I don't know what that means, but I want to create something out of nothing. I want to be somebody who has an idea and then sees the project through, which of course, like looking back, I'm like, that's not really an entry-level position, but like, whatever, Sarah, you go girl. So I started looking at jobs and just finding anything. And I saw marketing jobs and that's what seemed like cool or seemed like interesting to me. So I was applying for marketing jobs and I probably applied for over 50 marketing jobs by the time I got to my spring, like senior year. And it had occurred to me like, oh, all these years I was like telling myself I could get a business job with a chemistry degree. Like that was wrong. Like they looked at the chemistry degree and they didn't know what to do with me. And though I probably wasn't selling myself well either, but I didn't know what to do with me. So why would they? You know, so it got to this point where spring semester senior year and I was panicking because I had made myself a dangerous and and terrible ultimatum. And I said, Sarah, like you have to walk across the stage with a big girl job, like not just any job, not a job at a store, like a big girl job. You have to walk, walk across that stage with a career. And uh, I don't know what the or else was. I would just die. Like I had no idea. But to me, there was no other option same with everything else. Like it was either exceed and, and, you know, fly high and do what everybody expected you to do. Or I didn't even know what was on on the other side. Cause that's that's the problem with, that's the problem with gifted students and like putting those labels and like fast tracking us for success. But then we burn out and we realize like we have all these skills, but we're not passionate about this. Like we don't actually like this. And you know, I, I had the same, like, I, I, I ultimately chose to stay in law school because I realized halfway through that I could use my law degree in other ways. But the first six months to nine months of law school at the very beginning of COVID, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to be here. Why am I still in law school? I'm not going to get a job at graduation. I don't want these things. And I thought, yeah, I have to have, like, the whole goal is to the whole goal is to get a job at graduation, walk across that stage with a six figure associate position. Yeah. And that's not what I want for myself. And my dad and I made a bet of like, if I have a six figure job offer, when I graduate, he will give me a certain amount of money to spend however I want. And I'm not gonna say the amount, but like, you can imagine it's a decent chunk of money. And I was like, do I want that gift? Sure. But like, is that well, am I doing it for the gift or am I doing it because I genuinely want that? And I had to reevaluate, you know, yeah, I can kill myself day in and day out to make the grace to get that job offer, or I can focus on myself and what makes me happy as a person. And I also yeah. decided the latter and that was the best decision I ever made for myself, but it sucks that we are forced. Like we, we feel like we have no option, like it's this way or the highway. And that's not fair. Yeah. I, I always say, I'm like, look, life is going to show you like the path that you're supposed to be on, whether you choose to walk it or whether it hits you in the face, like you're going to get there, you know, 
And that's both something to trust in um, and something to be kind of scared of. So I'm so glad that you like made that position or made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, what I want and what my gut says, because I did not listen to my gut. So when I was applying for those jobs that everybody was saying, no, I sort of like, I, I acted out, out of desperation. I was like, okay, I need a job. So I started applying for chemistry jobs, which was like my second option. I was like, okay, if I can, if I can't find a job with anything else, like I can get a job in chemistry. That's how I got the job as a research and development chemist. Again, ooh, Alex, sounds very cool. It was very cool for somebody else. Like, you know, so I got that job, got a salary, got a nice apartment in Columbia, like right next to my work, like apartment complex, new paint, the whole like young professional scene. Like I got the clothes from Loft, my apartment was cute and I had a plant in it from Target. I had a cushy job. I had a little cubicle. Like I, I was like, okay, great. Like we're doing it all right. And when anybody would ask like my parents or my grandparents, hey, like what's Sarah doing after graduation? Oh, she's going to work as a research and development chemist at a pharmaceutical company. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. She's so smart. You must be so proud. So once again, I had people affirming where I was very kind, but that kept me on that path. Well, to kind of wrap that story, that was six months of, of the darkest of my life that I've ever been in, not to the fault of the pharmaceutical company, um, but because that was not where I was meant to be. And I, I've never known unhappiness like that. And I've never known a full like loss of identity like that because it was the first time that I really didn't know what to do. I had nobody giving me a goalpost up to then, like graduation was the goalpost. What do you do when there's no, there's no date for you to work towards? There's no curriculum, there's no classes, there's nobody saying, hey, like if you do this, this and this, you take these classes, you do these things on this date and this year, you're gonna graduate and it's gonna be great. Like what happens on the other side? So I had to completely reevaluate, how do I measure success? Like, what do I wanna do? And I had my first anxiety attack, which I don't say lightly because I had never experienced that before. And I've seen other friends experience that. And that was the first time that I like that kind of came out for me. And so after that, um, from those six months, it was very clear, like I needed to do something and I needed to take a very large action. Um, and it was, I mean, it was really stay at the job or leave. At this point, I had an apartment that I could not afford without that salary. I had this whole like, you know, life plan that was now in the toilet. And I kind of just said, okay, um, we're going to just scrap the whole thing. We're going to light this on fire and we're going to figure it out later. So quit my job. I found somebody to take over my apartment. Thank God, because it would have cost me about $3,000 to get out of that lease. So she took over the apartment. And uh, I moved back home. I had no job, no money, no plan. I said, great, this is all on fire. Everything around me is uh, crumbling. And um, what do I do now? Went back I think home. there's so much, I want to pause you right there before we go into the next chapter. But you were saying like the goalpost is graduation. Like what happens now? And that that was the darkest time in your life when you, you know, no one was telling you what to do and you got to decide, but you weren't happy in this ivory tower that, yeah. you had put yourself in and everyone was giving you praise for but like you wanted to all you wanted to do was get out and that's how I feel about law school you know even though I haven't reached that goalpost myself yet but I'm so close to it I'm just like that goalpost isn't gonna like will it help me get to what I want yes but like that's not 
that's not the end goal for me. Like there's so much more I want to do and just getting, making like to me, walking across the stage of graduation now represents that I I'm still here and I'm still, you know, I still wake up or I get the chance to wake up that day and, you know, choose me and choose a life I get to live. And that I, that mindset is what got me to that goalpost and that I'm grateful for that. But law school was, was the, has been the darkest time of my life too, because I'm not happy here. I don't want to be here. Like on paper, it looks like I'm doing so well and I'm so successful and I have all these amazing things. And everyone tells me that all the time. How do you do it all? Et cetera, et cetera. But like, I am, my life is in shambles. And so And you said like, you were going to light it up on fire, but then you look around, you're like, oh shit, everything's on fire. What do I do now? Like, that's kind of where I'm at. I said, screw it with what I'm supposed to do as a law student. So I, I, you know, I set it on fire, but now I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I graduate. Like after the bar exam, of course I come August, I come back from Europe and I'm going to be like, okay, what do I do now? And it, there's a beauty in that, that you get to build the life for yourself that you want with what the next chapter of your life is. And I, that's why I wanted to pause there. Like there's a beauty in that, but like, I think you can only see the beauty in that once you realize like the sacrifices that you took to get there and that you did set it on fire and you had like that, oh shit, what did I do moment? Oh yeah. I thought that setting everything on fire. Well, I knew going home would not fix the anxiety. I knew going home would not fix like the emotional problems that I was having. But I also knew that like going home would be like, it was like the next right thing. Oh God, that brings back a memory. Okay. So I left the pharmaceutical company and I went back home and we went, my, me and my parents like went to Disney um, and, and my brother and we go to Disney a lot and we got invited. We're DVC members. So we got invited to this like exclusive, I promise this is relevant, this exclusive showing of Frozen 2. I believe it was. It was very cool. We had our phones taken and everything. We got to go in the theater at Disney Springs. Fun, fun, fun. So we're watching the movie. And if you've watched Frozen 2, there is a song where Anna, I mean, she's she's dying. Like she's literally like dying in the cold. So her problem is a little different, but she just kept saying like, I just need to do the next right thing. Next right thing. Well, I leave that theater and I look at my mom bawling and I was like, mom, I just need to do the next right thing. That's so funny. Like she's like, okay, sweetie, like that's great. I'm like, no, like she just taught me like my life path. I have a story like this too. That's so funny. So for me, it was legally blonde, and I'll explain in a second why. But literally, that was like no, but it's so funny because for me, I keep saying like moving back to Miami isn't gonna fix all my problems. I know that logically, like it, it won't, but it's the next best step for me it's the next right thing it's it's what's going to set me on the course I want to be on because right now I'm not on that course but for me it was legally blonde in October and if you go back there's a podcast episode called life lessons I've learned from legally blonde or something along those lines and it's literally I recorded that because I walked out of my images of the law class we had to watch legally blonde and then we we were going to have a discussion on it in the, the following week. And like, I had to write down my thoughts because I didn't want to forget how I was feeling in that moment. Cause otherwise I just, I don't write anything down. I, I remember the movie. Um, but I started recording on stories because that same day we had taken our composite photos, like the picture that's going to hang on the library wall forever that I am a graduate of this law school. And then we watched Legally Blonde. And I was just feeling so emotional because I genuinely never thought that I would get to that point. Like 
still to this day, like, I don't know how I'm here because there was some really, really dark times in my law school experience that I didn't expect to still be standing here. And I just, that moment where she, it, it hadn't hit me watching it before, but watching it then when she's like, she came to law school for a boy, but then she realized like, I don't need a boy. Like I can, like, I can be a woman who likes Cosmo and fashion and still be a badass lawyer. And I can still do all these other things. Like I don't need a man to define me. I'm going to do it all on my own. And there's so many other lessons that I can get. You can get from this movie. And I wrote a blog post and a podcast episode all about this. And like, there's a whole like part of it on my, like a in-feed Instagram post on this too. But like, that was my moment. So it's so funny for you. It was frozen too. Cause for yeah. me it was legally blonde, but listen, whatever gets you yeah. like over that hill or whatever. And that's like what Absolutely. I held on to. It was like, okay, just the next right thing, next right thing. And I won't, you know, I won't dive too deep in like the emotional part of it. But when, like, when I got back home, it really was just daily figuring out how to live my life, how to be like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was supposed to do next. Like as somebody who identified herself by her career or her, you know, her major or like whatever, like kind of career-esque thing she was doing. And now that was gone and she didn't know what she was going to do next. She didn't know who she was. So, so after I get, got back home, I uh, needed a job. I was like, okay, I need to do something. So I got a job at TJ Maxx and I was a coordinator there. And so I was like, okay, I, this is what's going to keep me going. Like, I'm just going to go to and from work and um, that's my life. And I'll figure out what I want to do after that. So got my job at TJ Maxx. I'm working. I still wanted to do marketing, but I didn't want to get a marketing degree because I had already gotten one degree. So I started reading books. Like I read so many books and I still think of it like to this day, like there was a whole, I made a ladder of books. That's how I got out. And when everybody says like, Hey, how did you learn so much about marketing? Like, how did you get into it when you didn't have a degree? I'm like, look, I literally read my way through. That is the only way that I know anything. And so I was reading, I was reading and looking for job opportunities and still hoping like I would find an opportunity that would get me, you know, let me leave TJ Maxx. Great job, but obviously not really what I wanted to do. Uh, and then as everybody's story goes now, COVID happened. <laughs> and so we shut down and uh, right before shutdown, I had connected with a guy on a Facebook group um, who, uh, it was like a freelancing Facebook group and I didn't know what freelancing was. So I just messaged him. I said, Hey, like he had been commenting on other people's posts, like answering questions. So I was like, I messaged him. I was like, Hey, you seem to know what you're doing. Um, could you, would you mind getting on like a 15 minute call with me and just letting me ask you questions? So glad he did. His name was Mike King and I'm forever grateful for him. He got on a call and he was like, here's, you know, he gave me all the answers he could. And he was like, Hey, you know what? This lady would be able to help you a little bit better. Introduced me to somebody named Lisa Coombs and Lisa is how I'm here today. She kind of took me under her wing and said, Hey, I'll pay you $25 an hour to help me post on social media and launch this new business that I'm wanting to do. And I said, $25 an hour, I'm rich. Yeah, I'll do that. So I was doing that while at TJ Maxx. And then right before we shut down, we shut down. So I just kind of went to Lisa and I was like, Hey, you know, we're furloughed. I don't have anything to do until I don't know when we're going back. Like I can take on some more stuff, like do a few more hours. She said, great. Well, we were furloughed for a long time. I don't remember exactly how long, but it was like- No, my aunt works at CJ Maxx. So I remember that it was a while. It was a while. 
And so those weeks, I just kept working for Lisa and I kept doing things and learning things. And so by the time TJ Maxx called me back and said, hey, like it's time to come back to work, I was making more money than I was at TJ Maxx. Now it's TJ Maxx as a store person. That's not very hard. Like it's a good salary, but it's not great. So I was like... I kind of looked at everything else. And I remember I cried, cried, cried to my friend because I didn't want to be a quitter. I didn't want to like quit my job. I had these people that were counting on me and I was like, I just quit one job. I can't quit another one. At this point, I was only there for like four months. And I was like, I don't want to be a quitter. And Lauren is the friend I was talking to. And she was like, Sarah, this is an opportunity you've wanted forever. You've talked about working for yourself. You've talked about doing marketing things for years. And this is why are you crying? Like, this is exactly what you wanted. And I was like, oh, okay. Wipe the tears. We're like, we're cool. It's good. Good, 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 good. So kind of took the risk and I started freelancing. Now, lucky for me, the business that Lisa was building, um, that she now does very well at was to be a freelance coach. So she was building courses and coaching programs to teach other people how to build freelance businesses. So then I was behind the scenes learning everything. She said, hey, can you figure out Kajabi? I learned Kajabi. Hey, can you figure out how to build a course? I built a course. Hey, can you figure out social media strategy? Figure out social media strategy. Like I would just do anything while also absorbing all of her lessons on how to build a business for myself. And so I I did that. I worked with her all the way, oh gosh, maybe a year ago now. I'm not sure where like we just kind of parted ways and she showed me how to get my own clients. So within a couple months of leaving TJ Maxx, I had my own clients and it just, it, the ball, the ball just kind of kept rolling. But that's so incredible. Just like two things, like really important to know networking, like, yes, it's all who, you know, and putting yourself out there and being willing to ask for help or say, I don't know how to do this. Can anyone help me? Or, Hey, I see that you do this. I would love to learn how you do this. Can I hop on a call with you? That is invaluable. So props to you because that, that guy, Mike getting you the connection to Lisa and her getting you the connections to led you to where you are now. It all starts with being open to, Hey, I need help. So networking and willing to take a risk on yourself and, you know, yeah, yeah, you don't want to quit. You don't want to, you know, you don't, you're afraid of what people might say, or this like vision that you had for your life. And it, you know, again, you put all your eggs in one basket and it doesn't work out, but like, that's the beauty of taking a risk and they're not always going to pay off, but you learn from every single one. And I think that's so beautiful that in this case it did work out, but if it hadn't, you would have learned and been able to pivot onto the next thing, but you took a risk in it and the reward was really great. So I think that's super important to know but yeah, networking. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Networking for sure. And, and risks like don't get easier. I wish they did. And, and I guess they get a a little easier each time, especially if you take time to turn around and like, remember the decisions you made and be like, oh gosh, like I got myself here. You know, that's where confidence comes from is proving yourself right. Like it's making promises to yourself and then keeping them. And I was like, I, okay. Like I, got us here. And there have been plenty of, you know, hills, plenty of valleys. Like I have been in some low points since then. And I still like, you kind of have to learn how to trust yourself and how to look back at everything that you've done and take that as proof 
that you can keep going. You can do yeah. it again. You have and to bet on yourself. If, Absolutely. You have, to, you bet have to bet on yourself. And if you, you also, you have to know, like, even it's not, it's not that, oh, like, don't worry, you'll be okay. You'll, you'll get it right. It's not that because you're not going to get it right every time. It's literally impossible. What it is, is knowing that even if you don't, you'll figure it out anyway. Like you will, you know, look at your situation. You'll get out of it. Somehow you'll get out of it. If it's meant and to whenever, be, it'll be. Everything always works out the way it's meant to. And also the beauty of having worked behind the scenes, building this business, getting your feet wet, actually doing the work hands-on learning is sometimes like you have a degree, you don't use it. 90% of people don't use the degree that they went to school for. They yeah. learn everything on the job by figuring it out and getting their feet, you know, their hands dirty, their feet wet, like whatever analogy you want to use, like just by doing it. And not being afraid to take that risk and betting on yourself and just knowing that if it's meant to be, it'll work out. Like neither of us would be where we are today if that we didn't believe that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And in my, like in those moments where I have had to make a decision and I've had to like, look at the risk. I don't know if this works for everybody, but like, I, I look at the worst case scenario. So when I was like, leaving the pharmaceutical company, I was like, okay, worst case scenario, like what happens? And I'll tell it to myself like a story. So I tell it to myself as if it's already happened. So I'm like, okay, so Sarah, like, here's what, you know, went down, you know, I quit my job and then, um, you know, I couldn't get another job for months, but I was living with my parents and my expenses were okay. And so I've been applying for jobs and I'm just waiting for a job to open up or something like that, you know, whatever, like to me, that worst case scenario was. And one, identifying what that worst case scenario is helps me because it's never as bad as it is in my head. As soon as I get it out of my head, I'm like, oh, that's not that scary. Two, telling myself, like telling myself the story as if it happened in the past makes it feel like I've already gotten over it and puts it in perspective where I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. And, and this is exactly like what I would do. Oh, you just apply, keep applying for jobs and you work your way up. Okay, great. So that's, you know, your solution for if everything goes to absolute crap, amazing. Then take the risk. Like, Move I love that. That's you such need a to good come tip. up with like some contingency plan. Like I literally am like, okay, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, what are we gonna do? Oh, we have a plan. Well, as long as we know what we're gonna do in case everything crumbles to crap, then we're good. I love and I that. have done that every single time. That's <laughs> I have had to make one tip. of these huge decisions. I I kind of do that as well, but I've never actually like thought about the process of it and like quantifying it in a way. But yeah, I mean, I've done the same thing. Like I have a couple of job offers. None of them are concrete, but they're options. And I've, you know, I, I told my parents and I, I to, I've told myself and I've told my professors to hold me accountable as well, that I'm not going to allow myself to freak out unless I don't have a job by January, 2023. That gives me about seven months after graduation to figure it out, which is standard. Most people don't know Good. what they're doing until nine months after graduation. And i yeah, I have a couple offers that I might start in September, October, you know, but if those don't pan out or for whatever reason, something doesn't work out, it's not as bad as it seems because I'm living at home, I'm saving money and I have my social media stuff on the side that like, or, you know, my worst case scenario is I, I have a law firm I can go work at. It's not what I want to do. It's not what's going to make me happy, but it's going to give me the opportunity to have money coming in so I can pursue the things I do want to do and keep looking for the right fit for me. So yeah, I think I do that as well, but I didn't realize that's really 
kind of what I was doing, but I love that. Yeah. This experience has completely like redefined what a job looks like for me. I've had to have these conversations with Joseph. We bought a house last March. Like we now have bills. We're adults. Like this is a whole thing. So we've had to say, you know, there has been times where I was like, things aren't going so hot. Like when you work for yourself, yes, there are so many great things about it, but don't underestimate the fear and the insecurity of not being able to rely on a paycheck. That is a privilege that I now understand. But, you know, we've had to say like, I'm like, okay, like what happens? What happens if everything crumbles? I'm like, oh, I just go get a job. Like, and, and it's never I'm, as I'm bad like, as okay, you it's never as bad. And I'm like, okay, naming the jobs. I'm like, I could be a bartender. Why not? Why not be a bartender? That is a perfectly great job. You make a lot. You determine your own hours. It's fun. I like talking to people. I'm like, you know, that's the thing. I could go get a marketing job if I wanted to. But before in college, like I would have looked at like a bartending job and been like, oh my gosh, like that's, you know, that's something for on your way up or that's when you like hit rock bottom or something. That's so dumb. So, so dumb. I'm like, no, all of these things, I hate that in the US, we really have the, like this job class system. And we look at, especially people in like the restaurant business, just using that as an example, as like not a career. No, you can make really there's solid money in the restaurant business. There's a whole hospitality degree. Literally, there's an entire thing. And like, I've, I've met bartenders while I'm at their bar. And like, there's some that, you know, they're bartenders for a couple months, save up enough money, and then they go travel and then they come back. And like, that's their life. That seems like a really great life to me. That seems like a life hack to me. I'm like, there's no such thing as like a low class job or as like something's too good. There's nothing too good for me. And if I, if everything- If it's a job, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Someone loves it. Yeah. If it's paying your bills, like go get that bag, honestly, like whatever it is. So that, I mean, that's a whole other tangent itself, but you know, I've had to see, like, look at these situations and say, okay, like what, like, what am I going to do if everything goes to crap? Cause I lit something on fire once, you know, it, I might have to light things on fire again, but I've done it, but it will never be as as you think because you've done it once and you survived that. So you're going to survive again. And I mean, never as bad as we're all going to light something on fire in a few months, in a few years when we all start having, you know, families of our own and we're like, Oh fuck, what did we do now? But like, you know, it'll all work out the way that it's meant to, if that's what the path is for you. And I love what you said. Life is going to show you the path you're meant to be on, whether it slaps you in the face, like it will. It's, it's yeah. all I mean, my kids be in, in my head. I wish I would have listened. There was a gut feeling that I had for four years that I didn't listen to. And then it, but you, the, the, the beauty is you did eventually listen and look at where you got yeah. now. So we're all on our own timelines and everything works out, but yeah. So you left working with Lisa, you had your own freelance clients, you're making enough money. You leave TJ Maxx. And when did the idea for Sunday Creative Studios come about? When did Attainable Podcast come about? Talk about, so you, you know, this was about a year, a year ago, year and a half ago, you're figuring out like, okay, I'm really good at this. I enjoy this. How can I help more people with what I've learned? Like, where did, where you're at now? Like, when did that chapter start? Yeah. I'm trying to think like timeline wise. So I graduated in 2019, quit the pharmaceutical company in October. I was working of 2019. I was working at uh, TJ Maxx in November. And then I left TJ Maxx in March when COVID, you know, 
screwed everything up. And then, and from March of 2020 is when I, I like started working for myself. So that's like my kind of general date. I started a attainable podcast, uh, August 11th. I remember cause it's my little brother's birthday, 2020. Yeah. I literally love my little brother so much and but, so much that I decided to bulldoze his birthday and launch my podcast on it. And now I only celebrate. I think me. I started my <laughs> podcast on one of my best friends from middle school's birthday, September 26th or 27th. I, if it's the 27th, yeah. it's his birthday. If it's the 26th, it's the day before, but like same, I, I bulldoze that. Yeah. Um, so, so I launched my podcast in August from like the seeing the growth that I had made wanting to talk about it. I had like I was more active on social media now because I was working for myself and it was kind of part of my job. And honestly, well, my best friend was uh, starting a podcast studio and offered to do my podcast launch for free. And then I kept her on as my producer after we finished the launch. I would not have this if it was not for her 100%. And so like, and she's what pushed me to keep it going throughout this entire time. And now it's like the love of my life. I love my podcast. Um, so that, that happened in August Sunday, which, which like Sunday creative, which is PS it's S U N space D A E just letting everybody know that kind of that switch from, okay, I'm a freelancer to, okay, now I'm running a business happened actually last November. So November, 2021. And that really came out of necessity. I had been like running, basically being whatever anybody needed to be and who would pay me. Um, and which a lot of freelancers, most freelancers, I'd say like go through a point where they're just doing anything for anybody. They're like, you got a check. I got whatever you need. I was saying yes to everybody. So I didn't have really a specialty or a niche that had identity issues. But that's itself. so valuable in its own way too. Oh yeah. With that time, like 100%, like would not change any other way. You need to have a time where you're kind of just like a ground rat, just like doing everything. And, but then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I really, I really want to focus on something. And I also need to bring this business like outside myself because as a freelancer and everything, my LLC, it still is, um, was Sarah Eboss LLC. And so everything was tied to my business down to the name, like it was tied to me. And so there's no escaping it. I had like, if I was working on my business, I didn't know the difference between working on the business and working on myself. So I was like, okay, you know what? we're just going to rename this. Like once again, light everything on fire. We're going to um, completely redo this and I'm going to put it under a different name, even though it's in theory, like it sounds, it's just a name. Like it's, I literally just put a different name up, but I was like, okay, great. I can work on this as its own entity. It's away from me. I can put myself in the position of business owner instead of freelancer. And I can redefine my services because we're like turning a new leaf. So that new name was just me like trying to mentally say, okay, like this is a different, like we're now doing something different. And that's when I said, okay, I only want to do social media. I only do want to do content creation and that's kind of evolved in itself, but that's when that happened. I love that. No, I agree. I'm going to, one of my goals for the end of this year, early next year is to create an LLC and for my blog, Everybody should have an LLC in my opinion. 100% for my blog, podcast, and Instagram. And and then I also want to create eventually a second one for my real estate investments and portfolio. And then a third yes. one for my consulting business, which I am, it'll already be launched by the time this comes out, but I have yet to launch as of the date that we're recording, which is coming soon. So I'm really excited about that. Exciting. And so I think it'll probably be under... Kayla Moran LLC initially, but eventually once it 
it's its own, you know, revenue stream and business in and of itself, it'll become its, it's a third one. And, and then, you know, eventually Kalimer and Elsie will probably be the holding company. And I have all these business ideas, but I, you have everyone. at least like, you know, the technical terms. Like I talked to my accountant and she's like, okay, so where does the podcast and where does like Sunday fit? And I'm like, look, I have one LLC. Again, law school is not totally useless. Law school is not totally useless. I'm like, I don't know how this works, but I'm the boss. So I say that everything is under Sarah Eboss LLC until further notice. Cause I don't know. And she's like, okay, great. I was like, great. Okay. No. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs to have an LLC. And I think that's so important too, that working on yourself and on your business, they do need to be separate. So you know what to prioritize that day and at that point in time. And it's just, it's a way to keep everything separate because, you know, then you're running yourself into the ground and you can't work on your business and for your business if you're not, you're not in a good place. So I think it's super important to have them separate. And you said at the beginning, it's just you and an assistant, um, and that you have a podcast, someone who helps you with your podcast. I'm like, right now I'm doing all of this on my own. And I'm at the point where I can't afford to at this moment, moment in time, but within the next six to nine months, I, I I'm already seeing the need right now. I just hopefully in the next six, six to nine months, you know, hiring a virtual assistant and hiring a podcast editor. And once I move home to Miami to recording in person at a podcast studio, cause I've never recorded an in per- well, I've recorded one in- in-person podcast, but you know, I, I'm just, I know how to do it on zoom, but I want to do it in person, really make it more yeah. of like an official thing. So it's crazy how it all, like you said, it all kind of snowballs from there. But I think that's the beauty of it. When you bet on yourself and you take a risk and it pays off and look at the dividends that it's paying out and look at where you're at now. And it's just so beautiful. And I am so grateful that we met for you. It was your friend. And for me, it was Natalie Barbu who pushed me to start a podcast and has introduced me to, you know, this world and allowed me to realize what I want to use my law degree for even more um, working at Rella. So shout out to her. And she was on both of our podcasts. So definitely go check out those episodes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Already. So good. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm so glad that we met and I love that you, you make it so attainable, no pun intended to, to figure it out on your, as you go and realize that it's okay to not have it all figured out and that it's going to work out the way that it's meant to. And you just have to, you know, take a risk because yeah, every, what you want is attainable. You just have to put in the work to get there. So I, I love that. And, you know, you have some great, you know, network, connections, resources, if you could give anyone a piece of advice, um, if you know, if they were where we were at our really dark place in our life, we don't know which way is up, but we know where we're at right now isn't where we want to be. What advice do you have for those people? Okay. I have, I have two, um, to serve kind of two different purposes. So one of them, one, like my first piece of advice is that like, there is no goalpost. I learned very hard that if like life is a game, there's not like, there's no winning. Winning is just staying in. The whole point of the game is just staying in the game. And that's on my darkest days where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Everything. I I don't even know what's going wrong. I don't know what my next move is. I'm like, okay, the only thing I have to do is not give up. Like that is the only thing that keeps me like in the game, not giving up. So if I'm in, if I'm still here, if I'm not giving up, if I'm not throwing in the towel, I'm winning, even if it doesn't feel like I'm winning. So that's, that's one. I love that. There's no goalpost. And as soon as you could figure that out, like 
if as soon as you can figure out that the only thing that you need to do in life is to live life, that feels really good. It's a very good feeling. I love that so much. Number two, like practical advice, reach out to your people. Here's what you need to do. Number one, you need to start a Google Doc in your Google Drive and you're going to put at the top things that make me awesome or things that I've done. I don't care what you put the title as, something. And that's where you're going to put in every compliment you get from an employer, every cool thing that you do when you volunteer at an animal shelter, when you do really well on some campaign for some school thing, like everything that you do, you're going to put it in there. You're going to make this giant document and that's going to help you a lot for resumes and it's going to help you a ton in interviews. And then you're going to go to Facebook and you're going to go to LinkedIn. And if you're in a place where you need a job or you need guidance or something, you're going to make a status. Like literally Facebook is Facebook and LinkedIn are awesome. You'd be amazing. LinkedIn is my BFF. Friends are willing to, I LinkedIn is LinkedIn. fantastic. Both of those, like LinkedIn, your LinkedIn network, and then your mom's friends on Facebook, like everybody will crowl around you just to make sure that you're successful and just ask, Hey, I'm looking for an opportunity here. Hey, I'm looking to learn more about this. Does anybody have a connection here? People will come out of the woodwork to help you. People love to help people. And that is something that has been proven to me time and time and time again. If you just make it clear how they can help people can't read minds. But if you say, hey, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And and that's something that you can do. Like that's something I do with my clients. That's how I make sure my clients can refer me. Hey, we've got open availability here for these type of clients. And this is exactly what we do. If you hear somebody say that they need A, B, and C, you think of me. When you talk to somebody, hey, I'm looking for opportunities here, here, and here. If you hear somebody saying that they work in this field, do you mind connecting me? Like just, that's all it is. Yeah. Just ask, people will come to you. 100%. And shameless plug for myself. Like I said, my consulting services are out. If you need help with how to draft a LinkedIn post or how to build your LinkedIn or how to connect with people on LinkedIn one-on-one once you've already done the status and now people are reaching out to you or you connect with someone who you want to reach out to, hit me up, book a clarity call with me and I will help you get started on networking. And I know you can slide into Sarah's DMs and do the same there. LinkedIn is my BFF. I love networking so much. It's I'm something I'm super passionate about. And I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if I didn't have a network and, you know, have people like Sarah in my network who, and I, I do the same thing. Like whenever I'm talking to someone, whether it's an attorney that is doing something I want to do, or even like, for example, like they're an attorney in Miami and I don't want to do real estate law. Although I probably will end up doing it because might as well I'm home, but that's not <laughs> where I want to end up but they might know someone who does social media law because now a couple firms are starting to do it. Hey, I'm looking for jobs. Do you know anyone at these firms? Would you be interested in reach, like connecting us? And nine times out of 10, they say, yes, I would love to, here you go. Or I don't know anyone there, but if I hear anything back, I will keep you in mind. Or professors, if you're in school still, your professors, make friends with your professors. They are so, so helpful. And alumni, older classmates, your brother and sister's friends, your parents' friends, like you truly, like, like you said, like your, your mom's Facebook friends, like they will come running to try to help you. People love to help other people. Yeah. And you'll be surprised who are the people you you'll think like, Oh, I don't know anybody. No, no, I promise you do. Yeah. And if you really, really don't come to us, cause we do, and we will gladly yeah. give you those. I resources. have, I've had friends come to me and be like, Hey, I'm looking for this job. And I've connected them right away. You need something you DM me. And I'm so there. 
yeah, same. My LinkedIn is linked in the show notes. I'll link Sarah's and I'll link everything of Sarah's below. So yeah, plug yourself. Where can everyone find you? And I'll make sure to link it so they can reach out to us. Yes. Okay. You can find me on TikTok. That's like where I'm most active right now. So I'm going to plug that one first because I freaking love TikTok. Um, so go over there, interact, whatever. Uh, Instagram, uh, I'm definitely very active on scrolling there. I'm not as good at posting sometimes, but I'm always in my DMs for Instagram. LinkedIn, connect with me. Be happy to connect anybody with anybody. And of course, the podcast. Listen to Attainable Podcast every Monday at 6 a.m. or whenever you know you want to listen to it. It's a great time. I was on, so definitely go check out our episode. Yeah, definitely go check out Kayla's episode. And thank you so much, Ahmad. I I need to come to Charleston and we need to go to happy hour. And if you're Girl, a- guest room upstairs, it's got your name on it. You got your own bathroom. I even light a candle when like guests come. Like I'm Perfect. such a good host. On my way. Let me practice. On my I'm, way. <laughs> I'm on my way. And whenever you are in Miami, same. I don't have a guest room for you. We'll be sharing a bed, but like open invitation to come visit me as well. And I'll light a candle for you too. You are the best. I love this conversation. I love you so much. And I can't wait to see what you do next and where Sunday studios and everything else you're doing takes you because it's so crazy how, you know, not knowing what, like which way is up and like what you're doing with your life actually can lead you to what you're meant to do. If you just are willing to take a moment, breathe and just like, what do I want to be doing and make steps to make that happen? So I love your story and it's just, I don't know that it, like I'm literally getting goosebumps as I'm saying this because it literally makes me so so happy for you and you know it's we're recording this on March 1st so today is the start of Women's History Month and you know I'm a big fan of celebrating your friends wins celebrating other women's wins just because just because someone else is doing better than where you're at right now doesn't mean that your time won't come and you can still celebrate others so I love getting to celebrate everything that you're doing because I freaking love it. Wasn't this conversation absolutely incredible? I'm so glad you guys are able to be here for conversations like this and that I'm able to provide them to you. It really does mean a lot to me and I can't believe it's been nine months of the podcast and I get to have these conversations. Like It's still a pinch me moment no matter how many times I get to have these conversations and it's even more meaningful to me when it's people my own age, my contemporaries, because It helps me feel like I'm not alone in the struggles that I go through and my thought process in deciding if this is really what I want to be doing, if this is really what I'm meant for. It feels good to know that other people are having the same conversations with themselves and making those decisions for them that I have friends that I can talk to about these decisions. And I hope that if you don't feel that you have people in your personal life that you can have these conversations with, that you can reach out to me or any of the people that I have the conversations with because I know we're all here to help you and we want to help you guys make the best decisions for you, but just know only you can really be the one to make that decision and I'm just going to give you the tools to do so. So thank you guys so, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe and follow along to the show. Share it with a friend. Screenshot. Tag us when you're listening on stories. Just give us some love. It really does mean a lot to me. And I am seeing all the notifications come in. I'm just not responding to you guys. But it means a lot. And I give you a big hug from here. And I am off to go. I was going to do some more practice questions, but I'm honestly going to just call it a night. 
and relax so I can get up early and do it all again tomorrow. But thank you guys so, so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. And I will talk to you all next week.